Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to The Pete and Sebastian Show on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. This is The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. Pete, Biscuit, it's Jimmy from Boston. Biscuit, listen to your old pal Jimmy for a second because I need to break down some life advice for you. Nobody, I mean nobody, comes in friendship and proceeds to hand you a book that they wrote that just so happens to be all about them. I mean, what kind of patronizing bullshit is that? Hey, friend I never met, here, go read my autobiography, because from where I'm standing, how oh, your living's all fucked up and wrong, and you need to read this shit. Listen, kid, you know who comes in actual friendship? The ones that listen and get to know you. Not the rich jerk-offs that give you homework to go learn all about them. I mean, hopefully this sitcom runs a real long time, and Daddy Danza can teach you some of these things. That's a great poll, by the way, with Tony D. This show's gonna be a monster. And I'd say, don't go get all Hollywood on us. But as we all know, there's just no getting that toothpaste back in the tube, kid. Later. Pete and Sebastian show, we're back. I believe, I was thinking about it the other day, dude. This is uh, 210, I think. How long has this been going on? How long is it gonna go on? Oh Lord, stay with us. Till the end of time. It is a Wednesday night here in Los Angeles, 6.18 p.m. I'm sitting at my uh, island in my kitchen, and uh, I feel a little beat out, man. This week has been taking its toll on me, Uh, but this is nice uh, distraction to get away from all the rigmarole of uh, everyday life, and... uh, Good to be on board. Where uh, where are you broadcasting from today? I am in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, staying at a Marriott. I uh, got in early today. Tomorrow starts the mini Brian Regan opening for Brian Regan tour, just for three nights. First nice. stop. First stop is Lexington, and uh, I gotta say, man, coming in today on the plane, coming down low at about three o'clock. By the way, man, I was thinking like. To, when the show goes and you can start getting tickets to everything, let, let's go to, uh, I'm calling in a ticket. If you can get us anything, get us all to the uh, Kentucky Derby, bro. Okay, Jackie will get a nice hat. We'll, <laughs> we'll all go to the Kentucky Derby and watch the horse races and drink some goddamn mimosas. So, yeah. you know, 
You like no, it's on the bucket list. It's on our bucket list. We go. wanted to do it. We we wanted to do it this year, but unfortunately, the same day the T- Kentucky Derby is going on, it's when I'm shooting my special. But we're shooting for 2017, so I will uh, definitely put you on the invite list for that. Yeah, tell the pilot he's got to make a scoop by in Dunkirk. They got a private airport. <laughs> but we're coming in, and these horse farms are gorgeous, and you see the horses running around out there, and. My question to you is, if, if you were born onto a family like that owned a horse farm in Kentucky like that, you know, and I, I'm not talking some white trash thing where you're barely getting by and needing government grants to feed the fucking pigs. I'm saying you got a nice setup, horses that are breeding. You think you could just be born, raised, and just live that life and never desire to really leave the farm and the horses and just, just live it, man? Or you think you'd be like by 18 going, if I fucking see one more horse, I swear to God. Well, I don't know, man. I guess if you're brought up in that environment, you pretty much that's all you know. And maybe you're happy doing it. I mean, me, as far as I am, my personality and what I know now, probably something I wouldn't be able to do. But hey, man, if I grew up on a farm and I was riding horses all my life, why wouldn't I stay there? Yeah, you know, I don't know. The grass is always greener. The grass is always greener. As it is, but that uh, ain't a bad life, man. No, it isn't a bad life, but I mean, you know, I don't know. I think you, you, the problem is there's too much TV and movies. I'd be sitting in the farm after at night and, hey, Ma, you make any of that apple pie, Ma? And then she'll bring out the apple pie or put on a movie and see New York City. And I'll be like, what am I doing here with this bland bitch? (laughs) (laughs) When you put it that way, fuck the horses. (laughs) Hey, man, I don't want to get out of line here, but I got to tell you, then I go to get in the cab to come to the hotel. And I hear Louis Anderson on NPR radio, the comedian. And I say to the driver, because I think it's Louis Anderson, I'm not sure. I'm like, are you listening to this? Who is that? And he goes, uh, and it's foreign guy, and he's like clearly like Muslim. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And he goes, <clears throat> oh, just more American pitta-patta. You and the American, uh, the Americans and the fighting and the fighting. And then he goes, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. If Donald Trump becomes the next president, I'm leaving the country. And bro, it took everything in my, it, I really took everything for me to not lean over and just go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you and six million other people. <laughs> oh, oh man, oh, that's like the God. guy who can't get into the bar and he goes, "I play sucks anyway." Yeah, okay, man. Go ahead, take care. <laughs> Listen, oh. I'm joking. We're not kicking anybody out. We're not building what? any walls. We're just not gonna let other countries take advantage of us anymore man we're gonna make That's america it. rich i don't know <laughs> i just wish trump had some more specific answers the more and more i listen to him the more and more i'm like god i thought i thought he was smarter than this man give some specifics here's a track of pete's album give it a rest maybe trump was listening That'd be my platform, running for presidency. I'd be like, vote for me, I'll get rid of the deficit my first day in office. <laughs> I would, I would. That's the problem, people run for presidency. They tell you what they're gonna do, but then they tell you how they're gonna do it. That's the mistake. 
Like I run, I'd say, oh, vote for me. I'll get rid of the deficit my first day in office, right? Then everyone will be like, how are you going to do that? And then I'll be like, well, you got to fucking vote for me. <laughs> got to spin the wheel, baby. Spin the wheel. Can he do it? Can he can't? Can he do it? Can he can't? <laughs> Maybe there'll be enough people that'll get in that booth and see my name and go, fucking clown. There's no way. Uh, maybe he can't. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't follow politics a ton, but honestly, none of these fucking people ever accomplish half the shit they say they're gonna do anyway. So why are we holding Trump more beholden? Is he gonna build a wall Mexicans gonna pay for? Of course they're not. Is he gonna kick six million? Of course he's not. I'd blow up every single inch. There would be nothing left. If that's what it takes to get people hopped up to vote for him, that's fine. Because what he is gonna do, man, is he's gonna stop letting letting these other countries financially walk all over us, man. We're gonna, you know, bring jobs back here. He's a businessman. He's gonna get everybody working, feeling good about making a fucking living, man. That's the part I, I that get, matters. No one's getting know, kicked just, out. Relax. I just wish he would articulate his answers better and, and give us more of a, you know, how many times are you going to say, China's, China's, you know, they're walking all over us. I mean, like, can we get yeah. off that? Get him out of here. Throw him out. I mean, I don't know. I just wish he was a little bit I know, more I hear you, but his w- once in a while I've heard him say, uh, I'm going to hire the best people for that, and they're going to tell me what we should do. Isn't that the best answer? Oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Throw him out! That was the biggest yawn I think I've ever ever done on the cast. Well, I'll tell you, it's a contrast the way I feel today. And if you listen to the last podcast... My mother called and goes, wow, you guys were excited. I think we got to bring, I think we got to bring like maybe some liquor into the podcast every week. Uh, When you were drinking the, when you were drinking the six pack uh, last week and I was uh, floating, we, we were, we were on on our game. Yeah. I just did a, I just did a 13 second yawn. Yeah, well, don't bring me down with you. I mean, this is actually a good... <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still hanging. I know, this, I know. This is actually a good time to bring up whether or not, you know, you want... I know you're sitting in on auditions right now for your show, and I don't want to overwhelm you, so we'll wait a couple of months, but we're setting up if you want to sit in for the uh, podcast auditions for, um, well, look, for, quite frankly, for your replacement when you move on. <laughs> no, I didn't see, even know this was, was happening. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. When you go and you start filming and you become very busy, we got to keep this cast going at all costs. So I thought we'd start auditioning subs, substitutes. Guest hosts. Well, the idea is on a week when you're too busy and you don't want to be like, ah, man, I feel bad. I just can't cast them. So you know you can have your assistant call up and say, go with the sub. And we already have the sub lined up. We already know who that sub is, man. It's like, uh, what do they call it in plays? The understudy. It, the understudy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's get the audition. Let's, pu- let's post it up on CastNet and uh, see what type of audition tapes we get. Yeah, Jimmy from Boston's already submitting. Jackie is <laughs> submitting. <clears throat> wow, maybe we should get Lon in the mix. <laughs> 
Well, she's usually busy with you, man, right now doing the interior. How's the set coming along? We had our set tone meeting with the network yesterday. So we have to adjust a few things with that. Uh, we're still casting. We found our uh, Trevor character, a guy by the name of Steve Talley, who is a really, really funny guy. Uh, and we're happy to have him aboard. Um, I just was told by the studio that I got to have my family sign release forms because... Uh, you know, my father, Lana, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law. Heck, my 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 fu- my, uh, my mother and my sister, because they might be involved at a future date. Just so, uh, you know, I mean, it's loosely based on my life. I'm going to be pulling stories from, from some of my life experiences. And uh, we don't want anybody uh, coming after me for some money down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that's interesting, man. Yeah, so like, Dad, listen, just in case she's thinking of suing me, could you sign this? <laughs> so that because because it says loosely based on the comedy of like in the life of, so that means that people may assume anything of these characters is based on the people that you know, and that's defamation. Is that all what we're saying here? Yeah, I mean, I give you an example. My father who's a big part of the show. Uh, I do a bit about him um, when we had a rodent or a pest problem in our garden growing up. I do a bit about him wanting to murder the possum. And he would tell me, go get the antifreeze in the garage. We're going to make bologna sandwiches tonight. Now, I heard that story from my friend George Kafka, who... He knows a guy that did it. I just thought it was such a funny story. I gave that characteristic to my father. Now, he could turn around and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to put me in a TV show and you're going to say, I murder animals? I don't. I'm going to be giving specific characteristics to the characters. Now, since it's my father... He, in real life, he could say, oh, you're, you're depicting me in a way where I might be looked upon in an unfair manner. And that's not right. He would never do that because he has a sense of humor. Okay? And he's your father. And he's my father. So the, the release forms are just forms of formality where, you know, you can't say that I am painting you in a bad light. It's all in creative license and yeah. just because you're related to me and you're my mother-in-law or you're my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law or my wife that uh, you can't come back at me and say, oh, that's not me. Well, you know, you are related to me, but your characteristics in the show are not necessarily you. They're just, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's a comedy. You know what I'm saying? We could be out with another couple. And the other couple are having an argument. And I go, oh, that's funny. I'm going to give that argument to Lana and I and tell it on stage as it happened, as if it happened to us. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently nothing selling out the beef in the month of May. (laughs) And the funny thing is when you start doing that, sometimes 
like I've had family members where something didn't happen to them, but it's just easy to say it did, like you're saying. And then you'll be somewhere and someone will go, oh, I heard you do that, blah, blah, blah. And that person will go, I do, I do. And you're like, I didn't even write it about you. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're almost glad you gave it to their voice. Yeah. Like yeah. my dad, my dad says he gets stopped every once in a while in Chicago. Uh, and people ask him if he is my father. Because they've seen him on my specials. He's been in the Vince Vaughn thing. And he goes, yeah. And they're like, is all that true, what he says about you? That you used to have him go pet a dog two, two houses down? And my dad's like, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Just want to let you know that Jimmy from Boston is on Twitter. Also, he is on Facebook. And today on Facebook, he took ball busting to another level. He writes... Remember a while back when Mark Marin and Pete Corielli got together and listened to an Aerosmith record at Marin's house? Well, because they didn't record any of it, Jimmy thought he would recreate the experience. This is on Facebook. So here's what we gotta do. We all gotta sit back and picture Pete Corielli and Mark Marin probably holding hands, staring into each other's eyes before they podcast together, singing this song to one another. Not even on a CD or a tape, but from a record, which just makes it even more bouncy. But here, have a listen. Picture it, if you will. I can just see Corielli now, just tightening the squeeze on Marin's hand, probably pulling his glasses off while he stares him dead in the eye. Marin probably bending one knee. Like he's fist closed, like he's ready just to look up at Corielli on stage, singing to one another. Listen, come on, you guys can see it. Maybe Marin brushes his hair back. This is what went down. Great song, don't get me wrong. But those two serenading one another, like I said, bouncy as hell. What a moment. I know you guys all pictured it. Let's all wipe the tears from our eyes. Let's just get back. Well, maybe one more round. Hold on. Maybe they take turns. Marin sings a verse. Corielli sings a verse. So be a fly on the wall in that room, huh? Later. That's Jimmy from Boston's show within a show. Now back to the Pete and Sebastian show. I was in Vegas this weekend uh, for a night. Lana and I went. I had a corporate gig there. And I opened up for a band at this corporate gig. And I wish I would have stuck around to see them. Because I heard they're pretty good live. I know you're not going to like this band. One Republic? One Republic. Uh... Yeah, this is I, an I, Arab. I, I heard of them. I think they're one of those bands that I don't like, but they have a, a song or two that I secretly like when the windows are up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, this, it's exactly this band. Like, too late to, too late to apologize. Too late to apologize. It's too hey, late to. Hey, hey, hey. No, 
I think I do, man. Keep because it's too, too. Wait, I know too, too late. late to to apologize. Too late. I kind of oh, know that no, one. Over and over and over when it's ten feet off the ground. <laughs> Lou, can you play a little One Republic here? Because I'm chopping the shit out of this. Because it's too late. Too late to pop. Anyway, they were the band. Apparently, they put on a phenomenal show. No way. What is this garbage? You know what? Could you just give me a minute? I think I got to crack open a bottle of wine. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. I, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I got a beer. This calls for a glass of wine. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I gotta like, I need a sedative. Hold on, let me crack something up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. It's Miller time. Do you call Regan if you want to go out for dinner? Do you say, hey, bro, do you want to grab a pie? How do you work this? Oh, no, I met the tour manager, and uh, I got the whole lowdown. Regan's not even here yet. He's coming in on a red eye, and apparently he's got a brand new custom tour bus. So he spends a lot of time on his bus. So, uh, no, it turns out, you know, they, 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 listen, man. I mean, you know, you hung out with him. He's like the nicest guy in the world. But basically, uh, you know, meet him at the sound check, and then after the show, we get some food from a restaurant, and we hit it on the bus to the next destination. And then we get there and like, you know, at the middle of the night, and um, you know, you get off and get in your hotel room. But he's got this great big bus, so I don't know, man. He might, you know, they say he loves his bus, spends a lot of time on it. Uh, so, so and you then, are going to be on the tour bus with him, leaving tomorrow night right after the gig. Yes, and then they oh, say, wow. and, the, and, the, and the tour manager's like, and it's a lot of fun, we hang out, we bullshit, and, you know, Brian's really into comedy, you seem like you're really into actually doing comedy, I'm into it, man, I'm halfway done with the book, about comedy, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so it should be fun, man, I, I, I just can't wait to watch the man work and watch his whole operation, but really just watch him work, man, I really look forward to watching that. From, from what I understand, I think... From what someone told me, it was his pre-show ritual is he has a shot of peach schnapps before he goes on stage. Just one <laughs> little shot. It's funny see, you say see that. See if you could see if you could validate that. No, well, listen, I just had dinner with the road manager, and he's like, "Do you drink?" And again, you know, I'm on my best behavior, so I'm like, yeah, I have a couple beers here and there. <laughs> you know, yeah. do, I, do I drink with you, guy? You getting fucked six? <laughs> yeah. So he goes, well, we all do a we all do a uh, peach snap sh- shot before the show. So I was like, oh, all right, yeah. Could you find out in your <clears throat> travels, and I'm sure you're going to have some stories, especially if you're sharing a tour bus with this guy, and he is a great guy to hang out with. One, I mean, this guy is just funny. He's one of these guys where you just hang out with him, and he is not trying. It's just in his DNA. You, you meet people like this every once in a while where if you hang out with comedians, some of it's forced, 
You know, yeah, some guys yeah. are always trying to be on. This guy, in his fabric and in his DNA, is humor. So you're going to have a blast hanging out with him. But if you can, find out where the schnapps thing came from. I, I'm fascinated with this whole peach schnapps thing. Because it's such an odd drink to even have around. I don't yeah. know if this is something that he did when he first started and it's just been his kind of thing, but get the story and the backstory on that, will you? Yeah, oh, I, yeah man. I'm on it. I'm on it, man. Uh, yeah, he is just a, a naturally funny guy. That, that's how we are. It's organic. Organic. What a great word. What are we do? Where, where are we going, man? I mean, what do we got? I got I, I got one thing lined up that might be kind of. I fun. don't know. I'm having a great time. You you say we're doing a bunch of edits. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like we've settled into this in a real real nice way here. And uh, all right, what's all right. the problem? I don't know. I'm trying to get settled <laughs> in myself, man. I'm trying to. <clears throat> do you um. When you're going to fool around with Lana, right? I mean, granted, there are times when it just happens and you go at it. But when you sense that it might be going down that night or you plan on making a move, do you have any preparations leading up that, you know, she wouldn't know about? Like, you know, you know, like little like things you like, whether it's getting the breath in order before you make the move. Or is it just, you know, I may make a move, I may not? Uh, if, if I know it's going to go down, I, I may take some precautionary measures. Uh, one thing I like to do, and this might be a little too much information, but what the hell, I'm one glass of wine in. Because all of me... I take a wet wipe to my ass and give it a nice clean swipe. <laughs> oh, we're rolling now. We're rolling now. <laughs> Bro, I love that you share. I mean, I throw that out there because I was going to say, you know, like I, 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 I make sure I shake out the pee. I got it. If I got it when I'm making a move and I'm in the middle of foreplay and I got to piss, oh, it's all fucked. Uh, so I didn't know if you were going to go there with me, but the wet wipe, you know? I mean, not only... i That's a move I should consider. Well, do you have wet wipes at the toilet? Are you a wet wipe guy? I got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I got wet wipes oh, coming out of my ass. They're everywhere. Of course I do. And there are times, again, if we're going that direction, where we're having a good time and fingers start to wander, and there is a part of me that would feel more confident about wandering fingers if I wet wipe that area ahead of time. Now, yeah, not, it's not like it's not like she's licking my asshole. Exactly, but, but, you, <laughs> but know. you know, you just want it. You want it fresh down there. Hey, right? if you go to the Grand Canyon, you lean over the edge. You don't want it to smell, right? <laughs> 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 no one's saying you're jumping down there, getting all in there. But still, even. If <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I do see, the breath. What, you do a breath thing. Like, what's your breath prep? Uh, well, I, tr- it, I sometimes I'll brush, but honestly, brushing doesn't really do it for the breath. You know what I mean? No, I go with no. like a he- some sort of a heavy fruity gum. Um, you know, I go hard with that, and I come with water in between. And then uh, because listen, I, I'll be honest, I'm a, I like to kiss, man. And if I have bad breath, Jackie's not kissing. And when you, when you quote-unquote make love and there's no kissing i just feel like i'm in the war and i'm on you know break in saigon getting a hooker 
It's just like, it's just, so you, it's just you a need, Yeah. You need passionate kissing throughout. Yeah, a little face-to-face look, maybe even just the noses touch like we finished spaghetti, like uh, in the oh, yeah, Lady yeah. in the Tramp or something. Just something that, you know, what is this? We're going to tell you what my wallet is as soon as we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, one second. What's up? Can I have a dabble? You want want more? A little bit. Lana's going out tonight, so she's taking a a red solo cup with a little wine with her to go. Oh, really? Yeah, she's going out with the girls tonight. Oh, you gotta respect taking a glass to go, man. Oh, yeah, she's taking an Uber and a solo cup. That's a classy woman. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a nice move. I respect that move. Oh, man. So, yeah, she's out the door. Man, I'm home alone for the first time in a while. And how do you feel about this? And I know you probably don't get a lot of alone time at the house now, especially with Sadie around, but would you rather be in your hotel room alone or would you rather be in your own house alone? Oh my God, my own house by far. All my stuff Uh, is there. Yeah, when's the last time that happened? Uh, Never overnight. I mean, I never had my whole house to myself overnight. That would be crazy. Um, but you know, it happens every day, but it's always like, you know, I know how long it's going to last and you know, it's like the, you try to milk the time, but it goes, yeah, like, it's not, it's not Jackie though, man. Ja- Jackie's like, it's like nothing. It's like the same, just being alone, being with Jackie. It's the kid that just, oh my hip. Yeah. So, so I don't know for me though. Lana just left. She's going to go out. She's got a 7.30 reservation. It's kind of far from the house. It's downtown L.A. So I figure she's going to be gone probably three and a half, four hours. So I got the house to myself. Now, and again, nothing against Lana. Love having her around. But there's something to be said about when your significant other or your family leaves the house. You feel like, wow, you're home alone. You could maybe put on a show that you normally don't watch. Maybe maybe I'll pick up the Agassiz book. Well, you got the whole house to yourself. You're going for a book about a guy who played tennis? With all your oh, options? Oh, what do you want me to do? The wind sprints? I mean, it's... I'll tell you what I do. When I'm home alone like that, and I have a significant amount of time, or I know like when they, by the time they come home, it's just to put Sadie to bed, and then we're going to be hanging anyway. There's been times where I'll go outside... I'll do a couple hit skis, and I'll come in with my coffee. You can't do this yet because you're not back in your house house. But I just walk around my house from room to room and admire my home and look at things like, nah, I got to take care of that thing over there. I like this room. Look at this. And I'll sit on a chair. I don't normally sit and look out the window. It's a nice little view. I should sit here more often with a coffee. And then I'll go up in the attic. I'll walk around the whole attic. I touch the roof shingles, make sure they're not leaking, even though I know they're not. That's what a man does. You rub the side of your house. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just admire my home, man. It's fun. Our house is a very, very, very fine house with two cats in the yard. Life used to be so hard. I am coming to New York City for one night, Saturday night, 
to go to dinner with Mr. Tony Danza. We are going to Patsy's in New York. Have you ever been? It's apparently where Sinatra used to hang out. Oh wait, I think I have been in Patsy's. Okay, is that over on like Broadway or over by 6th Avenue, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I've had a drink in there. But yeah, no, I've never eaten dinner there with Tony Danza though. That should be a little different. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go meet the man himself. Just one night, I'm gonna go meet the director during the day, Danza at night. It's a one, it's a 24 hour trip. I'm coming in and then I'm coming back. Lovely girl, Noel. Uh, Noel and Jen have a podcast and I, I, I joined them on their podcast recently. They're big fans of the show and, and, and they listen to us. And, uh, at one point, they brought up Italian take, and Jen said, you know, you do Italian take, but it's really, then you just do regular news stuff. So what's really Italian take about it, other than the fact that we're two Italians? So she was calling me on it. She was calling me on it. She was saying, basically, after Italian takes over, you do that anyway. You keep talking about topics. Okay, first of all, I'm bothered already. <laughs> uh, Italian take, my dear, is a take from an Italian. That's what it is. <laughs> That's so don't, don't, don't tell me you went and got, like, Italian shit to talk about. Well, <laughs> that's what I did. I did. You want oh, Italian yeah. take? I figured we'd mix it up. I thought you'd be into this. I oh, no, I'm into it, but I'm, I'm like, uh, what are we, pandering to the people that don't think this is Italian take? Italian take is, is a take from an Italian guy. I agree 100%, and maybe I am pandering a little, but on the other hand, uh, I thought it would be kind of fun to see what's going on on the other side of the pond anyway. All right, all right, what do we got? What's, what's that? <laughs> but I like your take, bro. <laughs> God damn, we think alike. All right. <laughs> Let's start it off. This is all current news going on in Italy. All right, lovely Italy. And um, let's get started, man. Animal rights activists are in an outrage over there in Italy, bro, because there's a famous, progressive, very modern, inventive chef at a Milan. He's got his own restaurant. His name is Carlo Crocco. And he has been making pigeon dishes for quite some time, which is legal in Italy. But he went on some cooking show, and he made a pigeon dish where you cook pigeon. And uh, then he encouraged the audience to go out there and catch and kill your own pigeons and make this at home. It's a delicacy waiting to be eaten right out in front of you. Why aren't we taking advantage of this? Now, here's the deal. In Italy, pigeon, you can only eat and kill pigeons that are grown and breeded to be eaten and killed, like we do with chickens. And Italy's in an outrage now that uh, Carlo is telling Italian citizens to go out there and kill pigeons and eat them. So my question to you starts with, you know, if you're in an Italian restaurant, God forbid you go on Patsy's, there's a new chef there. Hey, we're trying to change the whole menu here. We got some pigeons, we cooked some pigeons. We actually got some wild pigeons and cooked them. Would you eat that? Okay, let, let 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 me put it this way. If I went to Patsy's and I said uh, that they brought something out, like a little like appetizer, and they said, hey, it's on the house, right? And nobody told me what it was. And I had, I had the pigeon. I go, oh, my, what, what, what was that? 
And the guy goes, that's wild pigeon. I had to go, oh, wow, that's, that's a really cool lint. My brain doesn't connect with, oh, really? Are they, are they endangered? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that way. Do, do, do you have, and maybe right or wrong, whatever it is, I've never thought about, Oh, is that endangered? Is that humane? Is that what? If it tastes good, all that shit is out the window, man. But what about so from if, a gro- gross standpoint? Would you be grossed out if you bit into it and it was delicious and then you were told it was pigeon? Nah, I'm not that guy because it's like I've eaten like, uh, you know, the lining of a, a cow's stomach or a tongue. Or a brain, and I didn't know what the hell I was eating, and I thought it was delicious, and it didn't, it didn't at all sway my liking for the food after I found out what it was. If it's good, it's good. I don't care what the hell it is. Well, why don't we eat it over here? That's that. Why aren't we eating pigeon? They're everywhere. Oh, I don't know. I I wish I had that switch in my head to go. Oh, wait a minute. How is this killed? Or what happened here? I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, they take that very, very seriously. I just, to be honest, wasn't brought up in that in that environment. I wasn't brought up in, like, you know, you question how... It's it just like you just ate the food, man. There was no history behind it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, and, like, the idea, the idea that, like, I'm not going to eat this, I mean... <clears throat> So somebody else is gonna, so it's still gonna be around. Fucking, I may as well too. (laughs) (laughs) What we love about these birds is what we can't get from human beings, and that's loyalty. And that's what the connection is with them. As long as he's alive and his heart's pumping, he'll come back. Let's go back to the lovely city of Verona, Italy. Have you been, by the way? Yes. Okay, so they got these wonderful eateries. They're famous for their eateries and all sorts of fantastic Italian food. Well, the problem is there's been a mad, mad influx of kebab restaurants, and they're making Middle Eastern kebabs and gyros, and now there's quite a bit of fried fast food joints. And Verona, Italy just put out a law saying there is absolutely no more restaurants allowed to open in the city of Verona, Italy unless they are Italian food. And the mayor said no more restaurants with gyros and kebabs that could impact the decorum of our city. How would you feel if the mayor of LA came forward and just said no more fast food McDonald's and all this other shit? How great is that? I mean... That's why Italy is what it is, bro. I support that mayor 150%. I mean, that's... First of all... Yeah. You're in Italy. You're in Verona. Why would you want to eat any other food? You, well, the- you, you got the best already. That's the problem. They say at night the kebab lines are around the fucking corner and everyone's arguing, we love the kebabs. And the mayor's saying, I don't give a shit. Eat spaghetti and meatballs and shut up. That's what I'm saying. You 
gotta preserve the integrity and the culture of the city, or before you know it, Verona is gonna turn into Saudi Arabia. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm sorry, and I'm being totally biased here because I come from the Italian culture, but listen, I've eaten all over the world. I've been to the Middle East. I've been there. And uh, the, the, the food in Italy is the best food you could, the, the, the best food. You want an Italian take? That's your Italian take. Italians have the best food. Matter of fact, I don't go as far as saying Italians got the best in everything. Cars, clothing, Food, culture, tops. Well, not jails, because uh, two days ago, two Romanian <laughs> men in Rome escaped from a prison. The main prison in Rome, they escaped, and they escaped. How do you think they escaped, bro? What's the main technique everybody uses to get out of jail? Bed sheets. That's exactly what these two guys did. The bed. Why do we that keep still giving... works? What? I just thought that was like a fable. Like, hmm. you know, like, that Daddy, don't work. It works all the time. The guy did it uh, to get out of jail in America recently. Uh, why are we giving, first of all, why are we giving these prisoners sheets? Why are they even getting sheets? They should be sleeping on mattress, the rough mattress. Yeah, why are they getting blankets? Sheets? Could you do that if you're in a prison and it's the middle of the night? And you got one blanket. If you bang on the on the thing, you're you're in for life. You're a murderer. And you bang with your tin cup and say, "Can I get another blanket? I'm freezing." Did I get you a blanket? <sighs> I don't think you yeah, you should get a blanket. I don't know if you should, but would you? Would they go? All right, it is cold. It's windy out there. We'll get you another blanket. I don't know. I mean, does it does it matter what the crime is in order for you to get a get a blanket? Well, you know, that's an interesting question, right? <laughs> I mean, like Jared, the subway guy, he don't get no blanket, right? He's just shivering in a corner, freezing his ass off. I don't know on that. I find prison fascinating from afar, obviously. But if they had some sort of hotel, all right? It's Cheek Hotel. Here's the deal. It's actually a maximum security prison. But down at the end of one wing, they have three cells that you can come in a separate entrance. So when you come in, those three cells are the first ones on the left. They take those three cells and they rent them out for like $2,000 a night. And you and your wife for $2,000 a night can get an experience of what it's like to be in a maximum security prison. So you check in in the morning as if you were arrested. You come walking through the middle of the prison, shanked up with your wife. People are yelling shit at you and Lana as you walk by. It's fucking real, guy. The thing is, at any moment, you have a button on you, you can press, and they shut the whole thing down, you guys, you're done. You don't get your two, you don't get your two grand back, but you're done. It's like, you'll be walking through, and you go to Lana, don't press the button, don't press. And then you spend the night in jail. Obviously, no one can get near you and stuff. Would you be remotely interested in feeling what that would be like? You eat in the same room as them, but you're way off in the corner with guards around you. Oh, man. I I don't know on that, man. I, 
I would flip it around and say, do you think you could spend 24 hours in a maximum security prison and, and do exactly what you said, where you get paraded by all the prisoners, they spit at you, whatever, you get into a cell, it's not one of these cells that's secluded, you are part of the p prison population for 24 hours. And if someone told you, Pete, I'm going to give you $2 million if you spend 24 hours in that prison, what do you think would happen to you within the 24 hours? Oh, man, you are killing me. I mean, I can go for it is what you're saying. And, like, the prisoners don't know that I'm getting $2 million. Yeah. Prisoners <sighs> think you're just, you're, you're, and, and you're in for murder. And uh, they, they all know that. And, uh... Oh, man. Can you survive? As soon as I walked through on my way to my cell, I'd rip my shirt off and I'd look at all of them. I'm like, I'm here. I'm here, motherfuckers. I'm right here. You'd be, you'd be killed in three hours. No, I think that would at least make them go for it. Let's wait a couple days. This guy's out of his fucking mind. And then I'm gone. I'm 24 hours. I'm gone, right? No way, dude. I, I, as much as I want that money, I can't do that. Would you do that? I mean, no, I mean, obviously. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell was going to happen to me. It's like you cannot out crazy, because I would figure you, you know, you're saying that you think you could out crazy, crazy people. Like if you took your shirt off and said, oh, I'm here, I'm here. There's a guy in there who's so much crazier than that. He'll look at that and go, I'm, fu I'm killing this guy tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can't out crazy, crazy people. He'll see right through my yeah. He'll he'll know my crazy's fake, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just kind of walk the halls yelling out. Is there a Gotti or a Castellano or <laughs> in here at all? <laughs> Is there a crime syndicate I could, I could be a part of? Oh, can you oh. imagine that first night laying in your cell? Oh my God, dude. That's terrible. It'd be terrible. My my fear would be at uh, at recess or whatever the hell that shit is outside when they do like workouts and whatnot. You got to go in with the, the yeah. outside and the general population. You got to lift weights and whatnot. I, I don't know. Do you, do, would you go? Would you go to a guy? Hey, uh, you mind if I get a set in? I mean, like, how do you work in on a? Well, that's the thing. If you walk out and there's a soccer game going on, maybe a little volleyball, basketball, and weights, and maybe some guys just smoking in the corner, like, wh where do you even go? What's your first move, man? I, I don't know. What's the protocol on that? I, <sighs> do you befriend the first guy who befriends you, or do you figure that guy, uh, no, 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 he's coming up to me too soon. He's coming up to me too soon. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I'd be so... I don't know. Do, do you take a shower? Because it seems a lot of shit happens in the shower. Or, or do you just, like, do you not... I mean, if you went to prison, do you just not shower for five months and get a good stench going? Well, I think you have to shower. But the question is, if five guys are coming at you and you know what's going down and you know it's going down, do you just close your eyes and let it go down or do you fight it tooth and nail? I don't know. Like, if you got five guys coming at you in the shower and you're naked, don't you just, don't you just lay down on the floor face down? Tap the it when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anybody coming to you yet? Anybody get to you yet?
Hey, we all need friends in here. I could be a friend to you. Here we go, one last one. There's a line. Lou, can we can we play the song right now, Lou, by Sting called Sister Moon? Alright, here we go. There's a wine made by Sting. Uh, it's a red wine and it's called Sister Moon and it's made at his Tuscan estate in Italy. And it was just recently voted one of the finest wines in the world. And it leads me to ask you, once this sitcom hits, well, I'm only saying that jokingly, dude, when anything hits and you become an even bigger rock star, if you were ever going to invest in a hobby, would that be something you'd be interested in, or a brewery, or what? Like, you have any, any, anything that you go, God, if I ever had that kind of money, it would be fun to do blah, blah, blah. A winery is something that I would love to own, although not profitable from what I understand. Something about, if I said to you and Jackie, hey, you know what? What are you guys doing this weekend? Yeah, I don't know, I just kind of... Kind of maybe just hang around that. I go, why don't you come up to my vineyard? Uh, oh, God. Right? Something about something about a vineyard? You just have to drop whatever the hell you're doing and come, right? <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> I mean, even when I hear famous people in any kind of walk of life, and they kind of done and they walk away from the profession, and then you hear they got a vineyard, you go, oh, he's got a vineyard, okay. <laughs> right? I, I didn't know he had a vineyard. God, oh, yeah, it almost puts everything in perspective. Ah, oh, all right. That's why he's not making movies, he's making wine now. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to Australia? No. Any, any interest? Uh, kinda. Could have gone once for a gig, but it, the money, eh, it was, it's a long way and I bailed because it was just so far. But, uh, no. You're going, right? I'm going. I'm just debating on whether or not Lana and I should wrap a vacation around it or should we go to Italy? Well, I just... I mean, go- uh, listen, Australia's great. I've never been. I've heard great things. It's it's something probably on people's bucket list to do. Um, I don't know, man. I just I, I'm having a hard time with this. By the way, did you surf in Hawaii? No, we missed it. We slept right through it. <laughs> That's fair enough. I don't know, man. Maybe you should vacation in Australia. You know, you've never been before. Check it out. See what. What do you? What would you do though? Like you know, you go to Sydney. Check that out. My father loves it. Sydney, Melbourne. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just don't know a lot about it to go. Oh yeah, and again, and I'm biased. I always look at the culture of the. Um, I always look at the food, and I don't know too much about Australian food. And on a vacation, I want to go out for good food every night. Have you ever had Vegemite? No. That's what is it? It's a jam. It's terrible. I uh, years ago when I lived in the city, um, you know, a friend of ours, a couple of Australian girls, had Vegemite, and it was just. It's 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 really not good at all, dude. But it's not. I, they don't really eat that over there. It's not like what they eat all the time. It's that you know. What is it? What is Australian food per se? Do you know? I don't even know, man. I don't even know what they eat. 
Well, can we do a Google that shit? Like uh, Australian food? Australian food. I mean, have you ever been to an Australian restaurant in the States? No, I haven't. I'm looking at the uh, top 40 foods in uh, Australia, and based on this website, I ain't going. Why? What do we got? Number one is hamburger with beetroot. Don't know what that is. I would just assume it's beets. Green chicken curry pie, chicken and corn soup, crab sticks, kangaroo, uh, Vegemite and toast, crocodile, meat pies. I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem... Again, nothing against Australia. I just don't know enough about it to want to spend two weeks there. Do me a favor, can you Google Italian, the same thing that you Google for Australia? I'm just curious to see if, if what I'm, delicious meals come up or if it's, they're gonna tell us some eclectic stuff. Like, do they really eat crocodile and kangaroo? Like, at the end of the night, do they look at each other going, God, let's go get a kangaroo sandwich. Do they really say, <laughs> do they say I, that? I'm gonna give you the top 10 Italian foods, all right? All right. That they're recommending. Caprese salad with pesto sauce. All right, that's tomatoes, mozzarella, a little pesto, some arugula. Um, bruschetta. Oh, come on, delicious. Focaccia bread. Eh? Mm-hmm. Pasta carbonara, which is meat and like spaghetti. Margarita pizza. My mouth's watering. Margarita pizza. Come on, those are delicious. Mushroom risotto. Pasta with tomato and basil. Top it off with a tiramisu and panna cotta. I'm going to the Amalfi <laughs> Coast. Can't beat it. Uh, okay, so you're on the road with Regan. When are you back doing your own thing? Uh, what shows you got? Next week, I am at Hilarity's Comedy Club in Cleveland. That's one I want to plug big time. Pete's going to be March March 10th through the 13th. He's going to be at Hilarity's. He's then going to hook it over to uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Minneapolis, April 7th through the 10th. Then he's going to uh, Ohio, Austin Town. Comedy Club at Mojo's 22nd and 23rd. In uh, Phoenix, Arizona, he will be at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy September 1st through the 4th. So go to PeteCorielli.com and he's got plenty of other dates on there you could check out. Uh, also, go to Pete's... I think you got a... The website's looking phenomenal, by the way. Thanks, man. We're working on it. We're working on it. No, I mean, uh, go to Pete's website and and just just for the photo of his special, all in black with the lights beaming from behind him, is worth the trip. By the way, uh, I don't think this is getting enough credit, but I got the fifteenth episode of the Pete. And uh, Pete does a parody on the two brothers who fix shit, uh, the two twins. 
and, uh, <laughs> and I want to talk to you about this because literally as I was watching that video in the airport ready to board my airplane to Hawaii, Lana and I looked to our left. No, this was actually in Vegas. Looked to our left and we saw two women, 25 years old, twins, dressed identical. And I wanted to bring this up to you. How old is too old to be dressing the same when you're twins? When does, when does that go away? Don't you think one guy goes to the other? You know, let's say their name is Frank and Tim. Don't you think Tim goes to Frank? Hey, you know, I just feel like dressing kind of like how I want to dress. Do you, do you mind? Like... Where's the break-off? I mean, these girls were 25 years old and they're dressed in two red dresses. That's a lot of work. You know our own, our own DJ Lou is a twin. We are not identical twins. (gasps) Oh no. I don't lie. I am your brother and you must let me help you get out of here. Well, money talks and bullshit walks. How can bullshit walk? That's slang, huh? Speaking of DJ Lou in the outer realm of our show, I got to give it up for Shuli coming through with tickets to watch the wrap-up show at SiriusXM for my sister and her husband, who are huge Stern fans. And then... After the wrap-up show, a tour of the studio. My sister was jumping oh. out of her shorts, man. My sister loves oh, Stern. that'll be nice. More than anybody I know. So when she's going to come into New York for my special, she's bringing her, her husband. Both are coming. My father's going to be there as well. And uh, they're going to go and take a tour of the whole Stern thing. And uh, hats off to Shuli for pulling that one off. What, what a guy. Yeah, there's just so much cool shit to see in there. She's going to love it, man. Shuli is the fucking man. He is the man. And when you worked at SiriusXM, did you ever go into the Stern broadcasting hub there where he works? Uh, I went only before the studio was done. Uh, I knew a guy that was able to get me in there just to kind of walk around. But like it was really at the beginning. It wasn't like it wasn't like Stern's all of his private stuff and personal stuff was there yet. They were still building the studio. Other than is that, is it big? Is it big? Uh, yeah, the studio is really big. The whole freaking thing. I, we were there before Stern. So when they came in, everyone was excited to have them there. And quite frankly, Sirius wouldn't even exist if Stern didn't come along, let alone XM. But uh, he, um, he took over half the fucking building. Nobody, I mean, nobody other than the people involved in the deal knew that was going to happen. I mean, literally half the building. And then when he comes in, he comes in into the main lobby and then literally right to the right is a door. And they open up that door. And then that whole right wing of Sirius is all for Stern and Stern Studios and all of his employees. So if you work for Stern, you can easily go years and years and years 
and really have no involvement with the rest of the serious employees because you have your own fucking wing. But that's not the case. I mean, they come out and they do other shows, and Shuli's always around. And, like, there's a, a, a lunchroom where we always get our coffee and stuff. And they don't have to because they have their own one, but Artie would always come through there and you'd chat with Artie and stuff. So the only one I never physically saw, because Stern came on our show with me and Brewer. It was awesome. He came on. It was so exciting. But um, Wait, how, how did that happen? Well, he, when he first came over, the first time is he came over, he was still on K-Rock on FM, but he made a deal to come over to Sirius. So we had already had our show, and one time we're on live, and it's me and Brewer, and we had Daryl Hammond on, and we're all bullshitting. And then Stern, you can see him, he's inside the studio, over by, standing by where DJ Lou is, looking through the glass, watching our show. And we all see him there. And Brewer and Daryl kind of just keep talking about whatever that we're all talking about. And at one point, I interrupt the whole thing, and I go, uh, uh, is anyone going to acknowledge who's watching us through the fucking glass right now? And, and then Brewer goes, Stern's watching us. I go, this is insane. I go, this would be like if we're playing guitar and a beetle is watching through the glass. <laughs> and, 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 and then the power of Stern, like the next day he's on K-Rock. And he goes, oh, I went over to Sirius, and I was walking around. It's beautiful over there. And he goes, I was watching the uh, Brewer show, and one of them even said it was like watching a Beatle if you were playing guitar. And people were like, he quoted your joke. He didn't even say my name or anything, but he quoted my joke. And uh, I was like, Jack, fucking Stern quoted my joke. It's unbelievable. You know? <laughs> and then, uh, and then Brewer, Brewer goes on his show, and Brewer and Stern are friends. So Stern doesn't go on anything, but he came on our show one time. And um, it was just awesome. I was like, dude, I try, I try to come up with these bits, and then I find out that you did it years ago, and I don't want you to think I'm trying. And he goes, do whatever you're doing. Just do it. Be creative. Go for it. He was awesome. He was awesome. But I couldn't imagine. It's my dream to sit in there, man. I mean, it's going to happen for you probably sooner than later. And, uh, God, I want to get in there. I, I think he just signed on for another five years. So I'm like, just, just keep doing it long enough for me to get big enough to fucking get in there. I'll ride the Simeon. I'll ride the fucking Simeon. <laughs> Simeon is a monkey. This is a sex machine with herpes. Pete is trying to say, Simeon. Oh, shit. You don't get this. You don't get this type of insight on any other show. I mean, you really don't. I mean, uh, you don't get like, a stern anecdote like that. I mean, this is what type of uh, comedy yeah. we bring to the. By the way, not even in the top 200 anymore. Oh, whatever with them. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's <laughs> the ratings are all fucked up. March 12th, San Francisco. I'll be at the Masonic. Uh, March 17th, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'll be doing Gilda Radner's Laugh Fest. Uh, then I'm coming to the Royal Oak Music Theater March 18th for two shows. And then I want to promote Minneapolis, Minnesota, April 15th at the Pantages Theater. Go to SebastianLive.com. We got some summer shows that I just locked in there and not announced yet on the website. But go to SebastianLive.com within the next two weeks and you will see some of my summer uh, shows. There's not going to be many because I'm uh, kind of taking the summer off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, take a look at that. Just announced, not on sale. I want to make this announcement. You're not going to see it anywhere. You're learning this here first. 
But I'm coming back to the Brigada Hotel, Casino, and Spot July 1st and 2nd. There's three shows not on sale yet, but you're hearing it here first. Check SebastianLive.com for tickets and show times. There you have it. Good hang. Nice to have a little wine, some beer on the show. Get some Brian Regan stories over the weekend, and we will reconvene next week. 210 shows in the bag. That's a wrap. Good hanging, bro. Take care. The show has ended. I take a wet wipe to my ass and give it a nice clean (laughs) swipe. Oh, we're rolling now. We're rolling now. (laughs) Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.